Hey, welcome to another Trigger Proof transmission. It's been a while since I've done these. This is my very first transmission as a father. I've never done a Trigger Proof transmission in this community um, being a dad before. So I don't know if I look different to you. I don't know if you, you notice anything different about me. But if you feel a difference in my aura, my energy field, <laughs> it's probably because I'm a dad. And truth be told, it feels different. You know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. Let me know if you can resonate. In the comments section, you know what I'm talking about. <coughs> hey, Yanni, <laughs> let me know if you know what I'm talking about, um, where the moment you become a parent, your felt sense experience of the world shifts. And this is really interesting for somebody like me because I'm a curious explorer. I'm a student of life, of health, of mind-body healing ever since I was like 13 years old. And I'm literally constantly enrolled in training to further my depth of knowledge in the mind-body world and in healing. I've just enrolled in a three-year program to get my somatic experiencing practitioner. My vision is to become one of the world world's authorities on inter, on healing interpersonal trauma. That's that's who I'm becoming. And why that's relevant for somebody like me as a chiropractor is most people coming in to see me for health-related issues have some sort of unresolved interpersonal trauma that has started it and so that interpersonal trauma whether it's a breakup a heartbreak domestic violence uh, violence even from your your children Yanni your you I see you on the on the on the transmission your husband when we first met him his life was anxiety nothing really was working in his career it was just this struggle daily struggle and it just so turns out in Yanni's case, and, and I'm sharing Dusty's story very openly because he's he's been on my show. Um, if you want to go and check out uh, my YouTube channel, um, look up uh, the Trigger Proof episode where I talk about toxic masculinity, and I interviewed Dusty. And it just so turns out that there was nothing wrong with Dusty. He just had interpersonal trauma. And I noticed these patterns with people when you know they're coming in to see me for stress related problems but what's really happening is unresolved interpersonal trauma so i'm like okay so what am i doing in the office so over the last few years um i've been slowly moving my message more of upstream healing from attachment wounds I realize that the healing of those attachment wounds is the most important thing. What's up, Suzanne? It's good to see you, my dear. I'm grateful that you're on. Um, yeah, this is my first transmission as a father. And why this is so pertinent to me is I've been studying interpersonal trauma, the breakdowns of relationships, because I couldn't hold a relationship together. I'm successful in my career, but relationships I just couldn't figure out. And then I realized the cause of it. And I noticed that it was so common that we all have unresolved attachment wounds. What's up, Leslie? 
Um, and these unresolved attachment wounds get stored in our bodies. These attachment traumas get stored in our bodies, creating all sorts of addictions, creating all sorts of anxieties, creating all sorts of illnesses, thyroid, digestive, hormonal. Everything gets skewed outside of its normal balance because of unresolved trauma. In other words, something's happened between your caregivers and emotions become stuck in our bodies and we didn't ha we weren't raised with parents that understood how to help us move through big feelings because of my, our parents inability to hold uh, to, to to regulate their big feelings when we as children would have big feelings we were invalidated and that's not to play victim to our parents i'm just like the more people that i've spoken to the more i realize this is actually the norm it's not like a it's not like just a unlucky type of thing most we, your parents were raised in the in the environment of spoil the rod uh, sorry spare the rod spoil the child children are to be seen and not heard and Trauma doesn't necessarily have to be physical violence. Having your reality invalidated over and over again, having been told who you're supposed to be, that, that you're supposed to fit into this box, and if you go outside of that, your you know love is withdrawn, that's interpersonal trauma too. <clears throat> and without getting all of that healed and sorted and understood and made sense of, we carry the stories of those unresolved interpersonal traumas with us. And then we get into relationships with people. And then things become codependent. And we wonder why. We show up super duper needy. Either, you know, needy as far as the codependent or needy as far as the narcissist. So we play both of these roles <clears throat> often in these relationship dynamics. And I was noticing patterns happening again and again and again, and I started noticing a correlation between uh, health, health problems and unresolved attachment traumas. And so it wasn't until I went deep into healing my own attachment traumas, because none of my relationships would actually work. Hey, Jack, <laughs> your evolution is becoming a revolution for others. God bless you, brother. Thank you. <clears throat> I really appreciate you. And so... As I went through this journey of helping, of healing my own attachment traumas, I would notice patients coming in and I was like, holy shit, this is, it's like a, one of those eureka moments. And so now it, it kind of forced me to, to become my own remedy. Because I, don't, I used to use the word medicine, but I don't believe medicine's a good uh, uh, use of the language, the use of the words, not the correct word. Uh, I became my own remedy. I became my, most people say, become your own medicine. No, I want you to become your own remedy. And so now I, in my programs, I teach people how to become their own remedy. And it's, and it's not done like on a weekly basis at your therapist's office, although it's helpful to talk to somebody if you're holding your shit in, but that's not what's going to do it. What's going to do it is the relationship that you start to develop with yourself moment to moment each and every day especially when big feelings start to show up in your body. Whereas normally when a big feeling like an anxiety would happen or a sadness would happen, because you're so used to be having those feelings invalidated, 
because of the interpersonal trauma, what you'll notice is you will then start to invalidate yourself and you then become at war and resistance to yourself. So it's no wonder why you get chronic fatigue, chronic pain, your relationships with others don't work. Imagine if you are so resistant to yourself and you're hating on yourself unconsciously or maybe even consciously you are you're getting a little bit of a kick out of it because of your emotional addiction how are you going to be with other people there's conflict that happens that elevates the stress response and creates all sorts of hormonal changes in the body and then we go to doctors looking for surface level uh, surface level remedies medicines and it never works and so this is a call to action to go deeper and to heal those attachment traumas. And as I started to do that, my career path went kind of off to the side, different, completely different lane, although I'm always a chiropractor at heart because chiropractic principles are about <coughs> um, helping deal with the uh, physical, chemical, emotional, and what, what uh, Dorland's Medical Dictionary calls psychic stresses. Psychic meaning of the soul. There, we are in a pandemic. The true pandemic going on right now are stresses of the soul for most of us. And the pandemic, this coronavirus thing that you've been privy to for the last six, seven months, eight months, is is 100% exposing all of those unresolved wounds, those fractures of the soul. They're all being exposed right now for the world to see. We are like in a position where you, can, you can't hide anymore. You can't hide from yourself. All of your relationship challenges while you're quarantined, you're stuck, you're in lockdown, you're with your loved ones, you're with your kids, you're with your thoughts. You can't run or hide or you know, try to avoid anymore. And so people have had a really difficult time. And the interesting thing is, if you've taken the time to heal your attachment wounds, take a look at yourself right now, give yourself an inventory, because I'm going to be sharing with you the one thing <clears throat> on this training, I'm going to be sharing with you the one thing that many of us are waiting for, have been waiting for, and what I've noticed that the people that I've spoken to since this coronavirus had started, people who've reached out to us for help uh, in their relationship challenges, with their anxiety, with the fact that they feel disconnected from purpose, they don't feel aligned in their work, they don't feel safe in their bodies, they don't know how to handle or regulate their emotions, their symptoms, their body, their chronic fatigues, chronic illnesses are starting to bubble up. They're reaching out for help and I've noticed one thing and I want to share it with you because not understanding this, what happens is at the end of this coronavirus pandemic, you either come out winning and ahead or you come out worse off. And getting this one thing is going to be the difference. And I'm going to tell you what that thing is. <clears throat> Versus solution. Beautiful. Okay. So here's what it is. Many of us are waiting for this one thing called safety. I'm waiting for things to be safe. All right? Just give yourself an inventory right now. Okay? It's now, upon the recording of this, it's the 26th of September, 2020. Here we are in September. Take a look at your life right now. Actually, I'd love for you to write in the comment section what, what, 
what this is for you. I'd love to hear it. Engage. The whole idea behind this is engagement. Social media doesn't have to be something to distract you from. You can actually, I, I'm using this channel, this, this group, this community to awaken you rather than to put you asleep. So write it out in the comment section for you. Let's see what's true for you. If you were, where are you right now, September, versus let's say March when everything started to go <laughs> to hell in a handbasket, February, March, where, oh, geez, well, how long is this going to be? How long is this lockdown going to be? Is it going to be closed? Is the economy going to tank? What's happening? All of this stuff, all of the fear, all of the propaganda, everything. Where are you right now? Can you see your trajectory since the coronavirus pandemic began? Have the quality of your relationships improved or have they declined? Has your health improved or has it declined? Has your uh, career path improved or has it declined? Have you discovered more uh, gratitude or have things gone downhill? Okay, now it's affected everyone differently. But what I've observed is this one thing is that if you have taken the time <clears throat> to heal to heal your attachment traumas, if you've taken the time to heal those wounds and learn how to regulate your nervous system, you have come out of this better, more sharper, more refined, uh, more connected to yourself. I mean, there's always work to be done. I mean, there's, we're all a work in progress. There's no finish line. You're never going to get there, and we're always moving. We're always climbing. But if, you could, if I can look back right now, and I see many of my clients, like, for example, I keep thinking of uh, Samantha and Laura, both high in anxiety before. Laura is a mother of two, uh, divorced, three-year divorce bat legal battle, just stressed to the max, picking at her skin, high levels of anxiety, her career just not really moving, and she's in a relationship with a guy who was like, all right, I need space. Like, this, you're too much. I can't handle you, your emotions, all of that stuff. And she was like, okay, don't leave. Just give me a few months. She jumps in, and we start working with her. Samantha, who was like paralyzed with anxiety, not able to move, not able to do anything, constantly in, in a st space of fear. I'm afraid of anxiety. I've tried everything, all the therapies twice a week, scared to death of being a mom, even though her and her relationship with her, with her partner are amazing. He really wants a baby. She's like, there's no way because she can't even handle herself. She doesn't have a concept of self-trust. And so through this pandemic, by learning the skills and the tools, Laura has now been, her film got approved for the Toronto Film Festival. <coughs> her relationship, who was like with the guy, with the dude who was like, I'm out, like, like I need space. He pretty much almost asked, he's like asking her to marry him. Okay, he's like there, he's like, so are we going further? I'd like to talk about, you know, a relationship with you. I would like to talk about, you know, going the distance, getting married, having kids, and she didn't have to bring it up. And she stopped picking at her skin. 
her children her her anxiety is way down children's anxiety way better and here's the best part her and her ex-husband who she was a complete victim to uh, are now talking about healing and finishing off this long battle without any lawyers saving thousands of dollars in legal fees this is huge jamie i got something to talk about in, uh, as far as safety okay here it is seem to feel more regular outside of attempting dating situations okay perfect so you don't feel safe in dating situations jamie i got just the thing for you and this is a very common thing so it's here's the question how are you after this whole coronavirus pandemic up until now the people who took the time and, and here's the key component to this jamie both of these cases J, uh, uh, laura and samantha neither of them felt safe in moving towards healing their attachment wounds they're waiting for safety they're like okay i, I really i really want to do this but i don't feel safe why well i don't want to invest in myself I, it's coronavirus it's this and all of these considerations of a lack of safety that you're that the story of i don't feel safe that's stopping you from actually taking a step in the direction towards healing taking a step towards the direction of your vision for yourself rationalizing it through your inner saboteur constantly thinking things through trying to make sense of it rationalize it i gotta feel safe which has stopped you from taking a step towards healing taking a step towards your vision taking a step towards creating that story of i need to feel safe could be holding you back it could be a, a, an unconscious strategy to avoid feelings and it could be a way to control a situation because you just need to have certainty about something healing is a irrational uncertain and often unsafe experience in other words don't wait for safety to come to you before leaning into healing leaning into your vision leaning into something that will expand you into something greater waiting for safety here's why safety i want you to write this down <clears throat> jamie this is for you safety doesn't actually exist let me say that again safety does not actually exist there's no such thing as safety never in this entire time <clears throat> where 2020 has been quite a year for a lot of people but for me uh, getting pregnant well I didn't it was my wife getting married completely pivoting my business I had like six events lined up from February March April May June like we were busy we had them lined up New Zealand Toronto Vancouver we had all of these events lined up and then all of a sudden lockdown it's like oh shit I didn't feel safe I didn't feel safe for a moment <laughs> please understand this I want you to be I, I want you to get this 
I didn't have to wait for safety. I didn't feel safe at all. The entire time, we didn't feel safe. Throughout the time of the pregnancy, we would get little news, you know, from an ultrasound or about the cord, about it was breach. You can ask my wife. There wasn't a moment where she totally felt safe. There was no feeling of safety. The The day of the... Uh, of our birth of of Dominic we didn't actually feel safe there was no safety it was like oh shit we had to have to do a last minute decision that day all right we're gonna do c-section we can't you know if the water broke I we didn't feel safe so what I'm trying to tell you is if you're waiting for safety to come before you take a step towards healing, before you get some support, please understand, it's okay for you to ask for help and support. Gosh, I didn't get to where I am just on my own. We can't because we can't see our blind spots. We need somebody else to hold a mirror and a reflection, not just be our supporters, but also challenge us and say, hey, by the way, this little, I, I'm indecisive. I can't decide on what to do. Well, we got to step forward and heal those attachment wounds. Hmm, let me think about it. I'm undecisive about that. I don't feel safe. <laughs> exactly. It's supposed to show up like that. You're supposed to not feel safe. You don't have to wait to feel safe in order to heal, in order to take a step towards healing. In fact, you must learn to walk with unsafety. That's the whole point. And you can't do that if you're waiting for safety to arrive. Safety only comes from our present ability to respond to a situation from a place of resource. Let me say that again because I wrote it down. Safety only comes from our present ability in the present moment to respond to a situation from a place of resource. In other words, Boom, I step into a decision. Okay, I don't feel safe right now. It doesn't feel safe. And my wounded inner child that was hit when I was five years old or that had to be alone because, you know, my my parents split up and I just didn't know which way to turn and I felt so alone and I didn't feel safe because I heard a lot of screaming. My inner five-year-old is activated right now and completely triggered and I don't feel safe. I'm here to tell you that that's the exact moment you are wise to lean into to actually feel and now respond, learn to respond from that place rather than waiting for safety to come. I remember one of our clients, we were doing our breathwork and badassery event and she, she claims she has no memories from childhood. A lot of people say that. Let me know if you've ever caught yourself saying, I don't have memories from childhood. Well, that's because it didn't feel safe to be in your body. So you dissociated from your body and you don't have memories because it didn't feel safe to feel. And in order to heal, you must learn how to feel it. But here's the problem. It doesn't feel safe to feel. Can you see the conundrum? In order to heal, you must face the feelings that you've been avoiding, that you didn't feel safe to feel. So if by waiting for you to become 
ready. Oh, I'm just not ready. What does that mean? I don't feel safe. That's right. Your five-year-old is activated. And what you must do is to lean in right there, that lack of safety, sit with it because look around. Are you safe in this? Do you have somebody attacking you? No, I just don't feel safe. Why? Because an old memory has come up. I'm like, yeah, that's right. It doesn't feel safe, but you must feel it in order to heal it. Suzanne was in one of our breathwork sessions, and in the middle of it, she said, I don't have memories of childhood. I said, well, we're going to access them oftentimes through our, our programs, through our, uh, our live events, overview experience, breathwork, and badassery. You actually, we bring them up. It's, it's shadow work. We dance with our dark passengers. We bring up these feelings and emotions. And, and then we actually face them, and then we feel them, and then we allow them to move through our body. Sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's movement. Sometimes there's crying. Sometimes there's screaming. But there's a five-year-old inside of you, an eight-year-old, or younger parts that are, are stuck, completely paralyzed, not moving. The word stuck, if you're just feeling that in your life right now, I'm stuck in indecision. Oh, great. I love clients who message me like that. <laughs> I say, yeah, I'm just stuck in my life. I just can't make decisions. I need help. So then we get on a call and guess what's going to come up? All right, so let's go ahead and feel, let's go ahead and heal that. I can't. I can't do that. Why? I don't feel safe to make a decision. I'm like, can you see the problem? You must step into that. I was on a call for an hour with a gal, Lauren. That was the very thing she reached out. I can't, you know, I don't know if, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to do, in five different areas of life, I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to do this, I want to do that. At the beginning of the call, I told her, I'm just warning you, by the end of this call, you're going to be met with that indecisive dark passenger shadow of I can't decide. And I'm too scared to, and I don't feel safe. Are you okay to move through that? And so sure enough, at the end, I'm like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. And this is what's going to happen over the next few months is what we're going to work on. And she, oh, no, I can't. There's no way I can't. And I said, mm, can you see? I warned you that that's going to come up. <laughs> you must actually do it not feeling safe. You must do it not feeling decisive. You must lean into what you've been avoiding if you want to actually heal. Most people are just waiting to feel safe before they do something. And that fucking day doesn't come. Because safety does not actually exist. Let me say that again. Safety does not exist. I have not felt safe through this coronavirus thing. I'm not talking about the virus itself. That I'm okay with. But just the whole fucking panic of everybody. <laughs> Everybody's walking around tweaked and amped up and f afraid of everyone. Suspicious constantly. Not a very safe place to bring a child in the world, is it? That's why this is so important to me. Because I know that we have an impending... Uh, mental health crisis that's about to happen that's happening already and I want to make sure my son is able to handle and and be able to have the opportunities to 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 actually make a difference in the world 
That's why. That's what. I, that's who I'm becoming. I'm going to become that guy that gets to teach people how to win on the other side of this pandemic. Because the clients who have have completely transformed. I wanted to share about Suzanne. She basically during the breathwork session, a memory came up where she was sexually abused when she was a kid, and she messages in the middle of the breathwork messages me like mad typing because I'm, I'm, I'm holding space during the breathwork events here. Let me know if something comes up. She goes, oh, my God, I just had a memory of being abused as a child when I was three. How on earth is this safe? This is what she said. Okay. He alone brings up panic. Exactly, Jamie. That's what's really going on. You must be willing to feel it. So here's what I want you to say. It's okay to be scared. Write that one down. I want you to just, it's okay to be scared. The thought of not being able to control what may come up in that healing process alone may bring up panic for me. Exactly, but I want you to get this. Feelings are going to come up so that they can leave. Many people are afraid to go there because they're afraid of what's going to come up. They think that they're going to stay like that forever. That's never happened once. It comes up so that it can leave. But what you resist and push down and suppress and repress, Jamie, will follow you. You cannot avoid it. Whatever you resist will persist. Whatever you move into and allow will move through you. And so Suzanne was like, how is this safe? These feelings are coming up. I didn't see that. And I said, are you in danger right now? Look around you. Is anyone attacking you? No. Okay. Then your work is to actually feel your lack of safety and allow your fear to move through you. Cry. You, you're, that's how we heal. We don't heal with podcasts and books. And even this Facebook Live, many of you, uh, or YouTube if you're watching the replay, many have messaged me saying, just by watching, things have transformed. Which is great. And I'm super grateful. That's why I put it out. Because I'm here to, to put out content that will bring you back into center, that will awaken you, to, that to, to bring you more conscious awareness, not to put you to sleep. And if you really, but that's not actually healing. Healing is, Jamie, going, the thought of not being able to control what may come up, the, the willingness to allow. Here's how you're going to heal, Jamie. Here's how you're going to win if you want. Depends on what, what your why is. It's, is your why to come through this pandemic stronger on the other side, to become a better parent, to become more heart-centered, to become more courageous, then you must be willing to feel fear. Please write that down. It's okay for me to feel fear. It's okay. I have permission to be afraid. Think about that. I have permission to be afraid. Just just drop that into your body and see what happens when you say, it's okay for me to be afraid. I'm allowed to be afraid. I'm permitted to be afraid. And it's okay to be afraid. That one little mental shift opens the door for courage. The moment you give yourself permission to be afraid, you become courageous. Let me say that again. The moment you give yourself permission to be afraid, you become more courageous. And so I told Suzanne, I said, she goes, how is this safe? I'm like, Suzanne, 
I really I'm glad that these memories came up. That's exactly what the process is about. Can you sit with those feelings now and allow your body to move them through and cry those tears? Because look around, before you do that, look around in your room. We're on Zoom right now. Look around. Are you safe or are you actually in danger? Look around. Are you safe in this moment? She goes, no, I'm safe. I'm safe in this moment. I'm great. So if you're safe in this moment, there's not a real threat. We're just dealing with your feelings and fears, right? Yes. My dear, that's the path. That's the path of healing. You're not going to heal without courage. Results don't take time. They take courage. And you will spend decades trying to avoid a feeling that if you just confront for two to three minutes, it moves through you. We've had nobody die as a result of doing breath work or coming to our uh, overview experience event. So here's the key. Waiting until you feel safe will allow those symptoms to persist. Persist. What you resist will persist. What you resist will persist. So here's what I'm doing. This is a last minute type of thing. We have our event coming up tomorrow. It's called the Overview Experience to, to help people heal those attachment wounds. We all have these attachment wounds. Not healing them causes us to come through a, a, a crisis more disconnected, our relationships more kind of dissociated. And here's the worst part. Our children don't get the best of us. Our children who can sense our energy. Fuck, do I ever know this to be true now with the baby. Like my well-being, my state of my nervous system has an impact on my son. If he's crying, he doesn't feel safe. When he comes into my, if I'm just holding on to him and I am completely regulated and I feel like I'm in my ventral and I'm authentic, I can actually have an impact on him. Like he's crying in the middle of the night. I get up, I hold him. You know, it, it could be sometimes Diana's feeling, you know, she's been up and she's still recovering. It's not, you know, it's not the greatest feeling right now. But that's when my responsibility is to step up. And I've been able to really step in and have a profound impact on my child, my wife, my dogs in this crazy time just because I have regulated my nervous system and been able to become trigger-proof. Trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. I get triggered. The difference is I'm not afraid of my feelings. I've actually learned how to turn that story and get into my body. And Lynn says, hey, Lynn, what's up, hon? My children are my why. Absolutely. My, my kid is my why. So here's the question I have for you, Jamie. Jamie and Lynn. Imagine if your parents took the time to learn how to heal their attachment traumas and their interpersonal traumas, their unresolved grief. If they took the time to do that, what difference would that have make, made on your life? And if you're a mother or a father like me, is it worth it for you to face those fears and be okay with feeling unsafe? Because you can't have courage without this fear. Be okay feeling the fear and jump in and actually work on healing those attachment wounds. We have two spots left for tomorrow. And it's a five-hour experience where I teach you how to go through the process of healing those attachment wounds. It's a beautiful process in a community of people who are all facing their fears together.
and confronting feelings that we would rather avoid. Feelings that when we avoid turn into health issues, turn into anxiety, turn into uh, lack of motivation, resistance. <laughs> smart guy. <laughs> smart guy. How is that smart? <laughs> it's the truth. And yeah, of course it's smart too. Um, this is exactly what we're doing. The thing that stops most people is the rational mind. Oh, I'm just going to wait until I feel safe. Thanks. Thanks. But no, I don't feel safe. I have, my heart is breaking for two men. One gentleman, good friend of mine. Um, let's do this, Jamie. Jump in and let's do it. Um, good friend of mine who... In July, we had this conversation. He's like stuck in relationship limbo, not knowing whether he should stay or go. I don't know which one to choose. It's in one of those situations, and they have two kids. And I said, dude, you know what to do. You've been avoiding healing this stuff. Your digestion isn't great. It's time to heal these attachment wounds. He says, let's do it. He commits. He enrolls. One hour later, guess what happens? Take a while. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. I'll guess. One hour later, he messages me, he goes, sorry, I got a bail. I have this and this come up and I can't afford this and that and this. I can't do it. That was in July. I said, dude, I understand, but it's none of those things that you said. You, truth is, you don't feel safe because you're about to confront some very difficult emotions that you've been running away from. And your ego wants to make up stories that, oh, see, I don't feel safe. I'm just waiting for, I'm just waiting for safety to come. No, no, no. I told him, dude, you have to do it feeling afraid because... That's the whole point. You move into the unsafety and then you, you expand your uh, resilience and capacity. You go into a place, don't wait for safety to happen. Jump in not feeling safe and expand your capacity. It's like learning to swim the first time. It's terrifying. First day of school, oh my gosh, it doesn't feel safe to the child. But you go not feeling safe and grow into it. That's what happens. But why? Why is this important? Well, I'm going to be the example to my son. And 
how many times have I, I, many people, even in this community will message me and say, can you help my kids? They're dealing with their anxiety issues. They're dealing with also addiction problems. They're not doing well. Can you help them? Can they come to one of your programs? And then I said, are they specifically requesting to work with me? And they said, and, and no, I'm like, then I don't want to work with them. This is not for them. How about you? You're their mother. Why don't you, like, how do you have a child that doesn't love themselves and you're sad about the fact they don't love themselves? And you want, you want me to help them love themselves, but you're not willing to do it on your own. See, I don't think that they need to learn from me. They need to learn from you how to love themselves. They need to learn from you how to regulate their nervous system. I realized something very cool. I'm 44 years old and I had my first child. And I used to think, oh, I've gotten old and all this stuff. But I'm so glad I waited till now because the greatest gift that I can give my son is a dad who loves himself. I'm going to say that again. The greatest gift that I can give my son is a father who loves himself. Because a father who loves himself will be present for his son. A father who loves himself will have his son's emotions be about him rather than myself. Lynn, I've had made a habit throughout my life with masking my emotions, pushing it under the rug. Here's the question I have for you, Lynn. And be honest if you're going to be honest about that. What impact has that had on your children? How has that impacted their relationships? And I'm not trying to make you wrong or make it your fault. I'm saying unconsciously without healing those attachment wounds and getting to the root cause of masking, why you mask your emotions and why you put on a mask and you're so afraid of what everybody's thinking of you and you're living in constant perpetual codependency. Instead of healing the root cause of that, And letting that go, what impact has that had on your children? That's why I do this work. So the greatest gift that, I, I, by the way, I'm going to give, I'm going to come just before I leave, I'm going to come and bring my little son here. Teaches them to do the same. Exactly. So I'm going to bring my son right now uh, and show you. Just hold on one second. I'm going to show him off. I want to, want to make sure that he was okay. Hold on. I'll be right back. This is my son. Look at him. He's so cute. <laughs> this is him. This is my wife. Hold on one second here. I'll put this on. So right here, this is my why. Hey, guy. Hey, Dominic. I introduced little baby Dominic to the world. Uh, this is our first week. Our first week, he might spit up. So this is our first week of having him. It's my baby boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't express emotions well. I'm not a feeler, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. It teaches them to do the same. So here he is. He's my handsome little boy. Hey, buddy. There he is. 
What's up, bud? <laughs> so this is him. So he'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow we're doing our oh, we're doing our overview experience here tomorrow. Dominic might make an appearance. He's my little little handsome handsome devil. He's our little baby coconut. And uh, yeah, it's a really neat experience to to now have such a huge why because. Like I said, the greatest gift that I can give Dominic is a father who loves himself, who's able to handle his emotions and then teach him and teach him. Oh, yeah, he's adorable. Definitely. I agree. Look at that. My job is to actually teach him how to handle his emotions. And the, the, the cool thing is, is that moms, dads, if you learn how to do the work, if you learn how to take your trigger and turn it into deeper self-love and your conflicts and turn it into deeper intimacy, then you will naturally, our clients keep saying, I become such a better parent just by learning how to self-regulate. So um, this is for him. I did two years ago, having a child like this was impossible for me. I didn't want kids. I couldn't get my relationships right. And just by healing my attachment wounds, my relationship with my parents transformed, my relationship with myself transformed. And then I found the love of my life and our relationship, even through these difficult times, like having a kid, you remember having a child, not being able to move very well, especially if you had a C-section, breastfeeding. Oh, All the little noises they make it's so cute I'm saying this was not possible for me and when I first started to heal those wounds I didn't feel safe safety wasn't the thing for me I wasn't I wasn't feeling safe at that time <laughs> and so now when I when we guide our clients through the process and they don't feel safe and they have to deal with you got to deal with the shame you got to deal with guilt got to deal with unresolved grief unresolved resentment if you don't like yes it's hard but the alternative is unbearable it the alternative which is to pass down trauma down to the next generation because you yourself don't know how to handle your emotions you check out you cut out the children feel dissociated and disconnected from you and then they don't know how to handle their emotions because they have learned from parents who don't understand or who didn't take the time to learn, which isn't your fault because you didn't have parents who understood. My parents don't have the fucking clue. They're, I have narcissistic parents. I love them, but they don't. I didn't have parents who understood empathy, which caused me to have an extreme feeling of insignificance that I compensated for by becoming narcissistic and then getting into relationships with this narcissistic codependent cycle. And never in my wildest dreams could I imagine having a child because I was too self-absorbed in that. And just by, the, just by the process of healing that I'm sharing with you, by healing those attachment traumas, stepping into regulating the nervous system, clearing those past resentments, learning how to um, dance with that shadow. We all have this shadow, this part of us, that this inner critic, learning how to dance with that inner critic. I've been teaching my clients uh, th this next unit that we're, we're going deep into is dancing with the dark passenger. We go into that tomorrow. 
at the overview experience um, where I share your shadow archetypes. You are the prostitute, the victim, the saboteur, uh, you know, the child. There are parts of us that we haven't integrated. And we ha when we haven't integrated them, we, they, those get triggered. And then they play out in relationship dynamics and then they get passed down to our children. So this is my big why. And um, if ever you are in a situation where you're constantly noticing that you are in codependency, you're showing up very needy, you don't feel seen in relationships, you don't have the courage to have conversations, you're constantly putting on a mask and being pleasing of others. Or, Jamie, like in your case, you're great with work. You have shit on lockdown at work. But when you get into relationships, all of a sudden, you don't feel safe and you don't trust because of unresolved wounds. Well, guess what? It doesn't feel safe to move through them. So don't wait till you feel safe and actually do everything you can. <laughs> hey, cutie. My suggestion is to jump in and actually unpack it. Learn how to regulate the nervous system, clear those past resentments, learn to dance with the, that dark passenger, learn how to empathically communicate, <laughs> empath, he's pulling it, learn how to empathically communicate with your younger self, with your inner child, and you definitely need to do it with community. Do not do it alone. Uh, a podcast won't help. It'll be useful, but it won't actually help you uncover those those shadows. That's tough work. Calling out your ego is very difficult, especially to do it alone. You can't because your ego is trying to block you from shame. So it's wise for us to move into those uncomfortable, unsafe feelings. So I really wanted to leave you with this one awareness that safety does not exist. This guy doesn't feel very safe right now. So I'm going to put him to bed. Well, we'll see if he goes to bed. But if this is resonating with you, don't rationalize. Don't overthink. Jump in and just start unpacking, even if you don't feel safe. The invitation is there, and we'll see you at the next perfect time. Follow the link in the comments.